Blog Talk Radio. Well, that's what I get for hitting the button twice. There we go. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin. So good to have you with us, everybody. Appreciate you dialing in and being a part of it. Dialing in, logging in, however you're listening to us on a downloaded basis. It's great to be with you. It's Monday, August 15th, and we are live from Austin, Texas, where we've got a nice rain going on. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's cooled down here a bit. Sam and I were talking about that just a little bit ago. It's really, really pleasant to have this kind of, kind of temperature here. But anyway, it's good to have you join us. Again, this is a podcast that was created by Mortgage Professionals. It's for mortgage professionals, and we're the proud recipient of the Progress in Lending Innovation Award. Very pleased with that. We also are very excited about continuing the topic that we had a couple of weeks ago on marketing and branding. And we have with us a client and uh, a client of mine and someone when I was in their office, I was really impressed with their marketing that they did and the branding that they did. So Dustin Demerit is joining us from Radius Financial. Very excited to have him on. We had Keith Pulaski on uh, a couple of times. Looking forward to always have Keith on. He is just one of those guests that he fills a room up in so many ways you can't even believe it. So, uh, but anyway, looking forward to having Keith back on as well. But we have Dustin Demerit on. We're going to be talking about marketing, how you, how one company is doing it really, really effectively. I mean, they literally the Radius Financial Group, as a result of what Dustin and his team is doing, is literally winning awards across the nation about what they're doing. So very excited. Well, at least they're winning some awards out there in the East Coast. I'm not sure if it's across the nation, but it will be across the nation. It is that good. So thought we'd invite them to come onto the program and talk about what they're doing, what you can learn about. Again, this mortgage, this podcast is created not just by professionals, but we're really here as a give back to the industry. I've been in this industry for 43 years, and it's an honor and privilege to serve this industry as a consultant now. After having uh, no longer having ownership in a mortgage company or being directly involved, I've been consulting for the past 15 years, came up with the idea of this radio program, and I'm telling you, it is really a blessing and honor. Over 400,000 downloads of this podcast, hundreds of thousands of regular listeners. Very good to have you with us, everybody. Now, yeah, I have the privilege of going around and working with clients all across the nation. I mean, I'm literally crisscrossing the country. And there's wonderful attributes about every one of the companies that I get to work with and privilege. And, again, Keith Pulaski at Radius Financial brought me in to help them with their efficiencies. And then uh, in the course of doing that, we met with all the departments. And one of the departments I met with was their uh, marketing department and um, their success branding department. And in that, I met Dustin Demerit. And I'll tell you, this guy has figured out how to do marketing. So I started scheming right there in my mind, going, got to get him on the radio at some point in time. And it's worked out where we could bring him on today. We had the Sorokas on a couple weeks ago talking about marketing and branding. And now we're talking about someone who is doing it in their shop for themselves. And he's uh, Sarah and Keith, who own the company Radius Financial, were very gracious to let him take an hour out of his hour out of his very busy day to come and join us today to talk about this very important topic: how to market yourself and your company. Dustin Demerit, good to have you here with us, my friend. 
Thank you, David. It's great to be here. Well, when we for the talk before we turned on the mics and went live here, we learned that you are a graduate of San Diego State University. You uh, have been in communications for twenty plus years. You've led teams from one to a hundred staff members. You have have worked on over three hundred plus projects, ranging from a million to one point seven million in budget. You have over seven hours, seven hundred hours of presenting and teaching on this topic, especially in the area of innovation, teamwork, and project management and governance. You have had over 50 clients you've worked with, including American Express, DuPont, uh, I see Al DuPont Hospital for Children, Bain, oh my gosh, the list here, Chase, Deloitte, uh, Dun and Brad. I mean, you've got an impressive list. Lower my bills, you name it, it's on here. Red Sox are in here, Oracle's in here, TripAdvisor, Webster Bank, the Wedding Channel. My gosh, guy, you have done some serious work. I want what did what did Sir and Keith catch you doing that they were able to capture you cuz it had to be some type of bribe to get you in with that kind of resume in there to work at Radius Financial that's pretty impressive friend Well it's nice of you to say I uh it blessed it was right time right place right opportunity I uh, I was born and raised in the Midwest I'm son of two farming families and um, migrated out to San Diego, as you'd mentioned, went to uh, San Diego State, and then straight out of school went to work for a traditional agency for about 10 years um, and did a number of different things there. And, um, you know, the list of clientele and the, and the folks that I had the privilege of working with really comes from the great organizations I was uh, was able to associate with. So, but um, when you I met my wife... I think, yeah, you, but I think it's important to point out there, I want to talk about where you met your wife and all that in a minute, but you were a partner in a major advertising firm out there, and that's where you got the, picked up some of these really top clients, and you were a partner in that firm, so kudos to you. But now, get to the good part. How do you meet your, your, your wife in 20 years, you say? <laughs> yeah, so when I was out in uh, school, she uh, went to UNH and came out after school there, and uh, we met and um, got married and had kids, and I continued to work, and I got the inevitable question one day, would I ever consider moving back to New England? And, uh, of course, I was completely open and alive, and I said, absolutely. And my brother-in-law still gives me a hard time. He said that was the day I was moving. I just didn't know it yet. So I took it <laughs> up on and sticker, and, um, yeah, and it's great. There's nowhere else in the world. My Both my wife and I have no family in San Diego. It just so happened we ended up in the same place. So we live about uh, a seven-iron shot away from my mother and father-in-law, who've been in their home over, you know, almost 50 years now. So there's nowhere else in the world we should have been or should be is here in New England to kind of, uh, you know, allow our kids to grow up. So it's been wonderful. So when I came back, I knew one of the things I wanted to do was go client side um, and go to work clients and, and be able to take all the things that I learned over the years from the agency's perspective and put it to work. And um, I keep live in Duckbury as I do, South Shore community here in New England. And uh, one thing led to another. I had an opportunity to go to work for Radius. A little over 11, 12 years ago. Sounds like your mic got a little muffled there. I don't know if you adjusted the way you're holding your mic, but it got a little muffled. We're not hearing you quite as clearly. So you were you moved out there. What what I'm learning from this story already is family values are very important to you, and I love that part of it. So family is important to you. I support that, and I think that is uh, something I just want to highlight in your story so far. But now go ahead and talk a little bit about Radius Financial, how you connected with them, and what drew you to them. Well, you know, a lot of things drew me to them. I mean, obviously, Keith and Sarah are just phenomenal owners and have done a tremendous job with their organization uh, from all different aspects of the business, sales, marketing, and operations. But 
I had a chance to work with them uh, for about three years, and then I went to another local institution for about six years, went over to um, Sodexo uh, as director of marketing communications there, and then most recently I was at Dun & Bradstreet, and I happened to be sitting in a hotel room in New Jersey getting ready to go into New York for a meeting, and uh, Sarah had reached out to me on LinkedIn and just had just touch your base, how things going, you know, what are you up to these days, and I had an opportunity to reach out to her because I was uh, sitting there. And she said, hey, when you get back, I'd love to have the opportunity to sit down and talk to you a little bit about what we're doing at Radius. When I've worked for them with them before, they were, you know, 20, 25 folks. Now they're over 100 employees. So just uh, an amazing success story for them. <coughs> Excuse me. And so uh, when I had a chance to speak with Sarah, uh, as I mentioned to you, David, it was the right time, right place, right opportunity for me to, to join the team again. And I could not be more excited about the opportunities that we've had the chance to explore in the last 13 or 14 months of being there, but even more excited about what the future holds for us as an organization. There's so many wonderful stories about the Radius Financial story in itself, and one of it is the partnership between Sarah and, and Keith. They're great people, and uh, I really, but I mean, there's there's so many dynamics that go on there that are really fascinating, and I would love to dive into it. But this is really about marketing, and I want to talk about getting your perspective of what has changed over the years. And so before we get started, some of the questions that you sent over for me to, to consider getting into in this interview, uh, Alice and Joe, I apologize I didn't get these over to you. But as you're listening, Joe and Alice, please feel free to jump in with any questions that you think our listeners might be interested in. And uh, so please feel free to jump in. Otherwise, I'll be doing a lot of the questioning, but I want to invite you both to come on in at any time through this. So let's start off with this. And, and you've seen, you've been at marketing now for, like you said in your bio, over 20 years. And so you've seen a lot of changes, and we're seeing things going digital. The MBA, Mortgage Banking Association, has decided to drop their very successful and a classic magazine called the Mortgage Banking Magazine. The last issue will be in October after the annual conference. It's just a shocker what that thing is. It's extremely profitable, but they're going digital. So this seems to suggest that there is definitely a shift going on. But before we swallow that, I want to get your perspective. What has changed in marketing over the years? And where is that heading? Right, yeah, what, I think yeah, it's easier to say what hasn't, you know, what hasn't changed, right? I think, you know, David, you and I have spent quite a bit of time talking about this, and um, there's no doubt that marketing has changed, you know, more in the last few years than it probably has collectively over the last 15. And the, you know, the old model that I learned and grew up with, what, we, what was often referred to as the interruption model, um, has become very cumbersome and Explain that. Explain what you mean by the interruption model. We'll go into that a little bit. Yeah, so I guess the best way to kind of um, explain it is, is, you know, traditionally when you're flipping through a magazine, um, historically we would put something in there of more shock value, right, to interrupt what you're doing. And in today's world of, uh, you know, content curation and creation, there's this concept that we need to, and, and, and we talk about this all the time, formula is simple. We need to stop interrupting what people love and become what they love, right? So, with all of the different social platforms, with all the different, you know, mobilization and gamification and all the things that are out there that we're actively engaging with on a day-to-day basis, the old interruption model has, like I said, become very cumbersome, and it no longer here's your product, here's your service. You really have to kind of build this awareness and interest and then drive this desire to take action. So that's what we talk, or that's what I mean when I talk a lot 
lot about the old inter- interruption model is gone. It really now is, you know, there's some filtering types of things, right? You know, who are we trying to reach or what do they care about? Um, maybe how do they consume their data, most importantly, and how do they discover their own needs? And so that really goes to that whole idea of um, identifying the content that you want to curate yourself and share it with other friends, family, colleagues, you know, referral partners, et cetera. So when you're talking about how you gather data, that it does suggest electronics because we're able through the cookies that are able that are on website, we're able to track what people do, look at what they're at, and a lot of us have gotten comfortable with that uh, over the years because I get served up the information that I'm searching for, and so it's understandable. But on, on a macro trend, is in your opinion, is print dead? Is is that going to is, is Classics like I can't believe the NBA dropped their magazine. That's that's one I'm disappointed in. I I support whatever the NBA does, but that one I'm swallowing a little hard on. That one's a little difficult to swallow, rather. But it's like you know, publications, National Geographic, things like that. That'll go on forever, won't it? Are but others not going to be happening? Just in a macro sense, your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. I think you know, from from my world, right? The world we live in each and every day. The world we live in each and every day. When we look at touch points and journey mapping and some of the things that you've seen illustrated in, you know, our workrooms and some of the training rooms that we're doing, you know, we're, we're servicing that kind of next generation, that millennial mom as Google defines it from that 25 to 35 or 32-year-old generation all the way through to, um, you know, a little bit older generation, right, maybe 65, 70, 75. And so to answer your question directly, I don't believe that is that because of the audience in which we serve within our industry and in that, you know, certainly we have, uh, you know, headquarters and some brand locations for bricks and mortar where we have the opportunity to get, you know, face-to-face. I, I refer to it often as, um, you know, urban asphalt warriors, you know, out there shaking hands and, and looking somebody in the eye. And, and uh, it goes back to my traditional values of being raised in the Midwest, right, by two farmer right. families. So I love that idea of being able to look somebody in the eye, shake their hand, and, 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 and conduct and engage with them. Um but I also know that, you know, from a, a newer generation through our program, you know, you've worked a lot with our Next Generation IMB program. So through that and through those learnings and through that data that we've collected and gathered, we know that we're going to have to also be mobile. And that's part of our, what we call real-time communication strategy, is it's around all of those things, around five key drivers that drive into traditional print, electronic, social, video, all of those different mediums. It's no longer a broadcast type of model, but more a socialized model that we're working in. Socialized model. I like that. And so you you said you mentioned key drivers. If you could get a little bit into that, I don't want you to give up your secret sauce that you're doing for uh, Sarah and Keith there at Radius, but if you could get into the key drivers and give our listening audience some things that they can chew on as the strategies they might consider. Yeah, and you know, it's funny to say secret sauce, right? There really, you know, there is no secret sauce. I think for us what we love to do is engage with people and, and learn and share what we're doing and learn more what they're doing and, and really just try to continually find things. When you think about the socialized model, you really need to have those things. But we have five key drivers that, um, you know, certainly at a really high level won't drive into, you know, all the details of it, that we work towards each and every day, whether it's marketing or communications or public relations or recruiting or whatever is going on, we look at these five key drivers. And the first is brand, uh, building brand differentiation, right? How are we going to differentiate ourselves in this space? The second is how are we going to retain and, and recruit what we consider world-class talent? Um, 
and you've had a chance to engage with some of our loan officers. So whether yeah. it's through our next NIMB program and or the things that we're doing to work with um, each of our sales team and even our operations team to continue to retain them. And then create an integrated or seamless lending experience is uh, one that we spend a lot of time talking to you and your folks about and we continue to talk about on a daily basis. But do that. How do we create that seamless integrated lending experience, something that's scalable and sustainable over time so that we can continually adjust and move the needle as we see fit? Um, the fourth is certainly attract and service what we consider best-in-class partners. So, you know, our proprietary program from a marketing communications platform, we refer to it as Radius 360. And there's a lot of SaaS platforms that come together. I'm very blessed on my team to have uh, a chief technology officer who is uh, part of our organization, as well as uh, chief counsel, all in-house. And so that really allows us to kind of go fast and fine-tune with intuition when it comes to working with partners. So I feel really, really lucky to have that. And then fifth and finally, David, is uh, culture. You know, when you walk into Radius, it's, um, it's everything. You know, uh, everyone in, in, in Radius owns marketing. Um, when you walk in, it's the smile. It's how we answer the phone. It's, uh, we're out here in New England, so we have a saying, you know, do your job, right? Um, and so that's really important yeah. to all of us. If everybody does their job, uh, it all comes together. It's a super simple kind of concept, but it really does work. You know, Keith gave me that uh, Billichek's famous quote, yeah, do your job. So I've got that on my wall here. It's it's right where I walk in, and I just love that saying. And it's a great saying, but I think you do have a wonderful culture there. And Alice and I had the privilege of going out there and being there, jumping in to your culture, meeting the people there. Again, wonderful group people. One of the things I was afraid I, I spoke last week on millennials, on the topic of millennials, how to recruit millennials in. And I got to talk about that universal room. I think this was Sarah's idea. It's a brilliant idea. Both of them got the idea. I guess it worked together. I don't know who did it. But the room where you guys have the yoga mats out there, where you have yoga classes that go in there. I mean, it really, it's a great place. And I wish I could run every company that's wanting to recruit millennials through your facility. The lunchroom is more like this. It's like a Starbucks cafeteria, large one. It's really nice. I mean, they spent the time and money to do a great job of really jumping in. So, Alice, I want to get you in on this. You were there with me in this at, at there at Radius. And we were working with them on their processes, working on their efficiency, something I'm encouraged to hear that they're continuing to work on. But, Alice, uh, I'll let you jump in with any questions that you might have or at least some comments based on our visit there. Well, certainly. Hey, uh, Dustin, thanks for being on the show. It's great to talk with you again. One one of the things that impressed me was that when we did that efficiency review, you were in many of the meetings. So the idea of marketing was that you really got involved in knowing the company, even at a pretty granular level where maybe the marketing person isn't Good really point. involved at that at a typical company. So can you talk a little bit more about kind of the difference between you're you're there as part of the company as opposed to maybe contract support that some companies might have and speak to maybe some of the differences there might be? Yeah, no, I'm happy to do that. I think, you know, so we have a couple of different charters. Uh, one is obviously corporate communications and what we're doing from a corporate level. And then certainly we have, you know, 40-plus loan officers that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, you know, individually. And I talk a lot about um, – our charter as a team each and every day, and I break it down into five or three kind of fundamental buckets. I talk about running, changing, and touching, right? So 
uh, a little bit about, you know, diving into the current day-to-day, our workflows, our operations, our sales ops, sales, all of those things that go on is super important for me to understand how we're currently running our business. And then the second bucket is change, right? So how are we going to go, you know, how do we go about changing the way that we're, how do we move the needle? And I really feel like it, it, unless you understand at a granular level about all of the operations, you know, having, again, leadership like Keith and Sarah really makes my job uh, tremendously easy because they are as good a resource as that's out there. You know, Keith, from an operational industry kind of perspective, Sarah, from sales um, and culture perspective, so it's terrific. But running the business, you have to get involved with those meetings and understand it. And I'm very blessed to have the opportunity to sit in on those meetings and be invited to them. Secondly, in order to kind of, you know, do that gap analysis of what it is we're going to change and where we're going to move the needle, how much we're going to move the needle, and why we're going to move the needle uh, is about changing. And then touching. I evaluate and I look at and I measure a lot of things, both internally and externally, whether it's ROI, business cases, position, whatever we're looking to measure. I measure that in touches. Um, You know, some people on social may do it through likes or engagement or whatever it might be, but we look at it as touches. So, being involved in those meetings, as far as I'm concerned, is uh, it's critical. It's necessary. And, uh, and again, I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have leadership that allows me to, to be a part of those. No, no question. Alice, do you want to have, and what else do you have? Anything else you want to add to it at this point? Well, no, I guess I would just kind of, for those of you who are listening, the idea of the, the difference maker, I think, from what we see is that you're actually an employee and you're part of the company. As opposed to so many people try to do marketing maybe with uh, contract services or they get marketing and PR mixed up, right, that those are two very distinct and separate things. Um, So I guess I just wanted to make sure our listeners picked up on that, the value of having somebody internally. So uh, any other tips then as far as the difference between internal versus maybe some external contract services people might be using? No, I think you're spot on. I mean, it is a small distinction, big difference when you start talking about, you know, marketing versus public relations, et cetera. Um, we, you know, we have a great opportunity currently and, and in front of us. And I think, you know, more and more I, I have an opportunity to speak with a lot of different companies, a lot of different organizations. And, you know, the folks that have the ability to roll up their sleeves and touch not only the people but the projects and the process on a day-to-day basis, I just feel like, uh, have an advantage, and um, you know we we also work with a lot of great external partners when it comes to to data, and I think that's one of the big things that I really want to share with folks. You know, as as a key takeaway in speaking with numerous um, you know mortgage companies or independent mortgage banks or you know whoever it may be, local retail banks, we infuse data and analytics into everything that we do, and and we don't we're not perfect at it. We certainly have a long ways to go, but that is. You know, having a chief technology officer myself, that is something, Keith, as well, that is imperative to the way that we, you know, run our business. And so what I would say to some of the folks out there is, you know, if, if your data currently isn't, you know, portable, and and what I mean by that is it's in a centralized place in, in whatever shape, way, or form you get it there, you have to have portable data. And if it's not portable at this point, I think that has to be your number one priority because, um, getting that data centralized and making it mobile or portable and cleanse, matching, and appendant, appending it, um, which is an old Dun & Bradstreet term, is is essential to being able to do anything because, you know, results do matter. Measuring things do matter. Um, and 
whatever you're defining as success when you go into a project, however you define what you're going to measure, you have to be able to measure that. And, and your, your results are only as good as the data that you have. You're not going to get it right, especially in this socialized model, every time. But you certainly can make nuanced tweaks and, and changes. And if you don't have exact data, you're unable to do those types of things. Whether you're running old-school, traditional kind of direct sales funnels or whether you're working on, you know, circles of continuous engagement and more of a socialized model, whatever you're doing, having clans matched in the pen data in a centralized location that's portable and mobile that all um, areas of the business, sales, marketing, and operations are dealing with is, is, is critical to success. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because how Keith and I met was at a Motivity conference and the dashboards that they use, they're really, you guys really seek to use those and use those effectively, and uh, Keith can talk about that. In fact, he's done a testimonial video for Motivity on that point, so I think it's a really good point. For those that, you, if you were advising a loan officer, I mean, your own loan officers there that are out there, and I think I know you do a lot for them already, but for loan officers that are out there, what are the most effective ways for them to brand themselves and market themselves. We just got a few moments to, to wrap this up, but and I, so if you could comment to that. Yeah, I think you know, David, it's, it's a great question, and, and we talk about it all the time. I think you know, going back to this idea that you know, the essence of marketing for anybody, for a company or uh, a loan officer, one to one, whatever it may be, is to create and nurture a relationship at every stage of kind of that journey. That's why I talk about everyone at Radius owns marketing, and I think being able to share your story. You know, we've been getting some recognition, and, and you and I have talked about it, simple validation, we're headed in the right direction. We have a lot of work left to do. Well, let's but talk about some of that recognition, because I think that's really <laughs> important. You've got the Roscoff, you've got the, uh, the Rossoff Diversity Honor, the Company of the Year, unprecedented gold in uh, the Northeast Ad Club, uh, if I'm bringing marketing awards. I mean, you, there, you, you have more... Uh, uh, trophies on your wall when it comes to marketing. So you know what you're talking about here. Well, it's nice of you to say, yeah, like I said, with, you know, it's validation, we're headed in the right direction. But I think when it comes to a loan officer and, and, and marketing themselves and their companies, it's to share their story in a real and authentic way. You know, a lot of times companies will spend a lot of time or hire outside resources to define their culture or their vision or their mission or any of those things. And at the end of the day, we all have a culture. We all have a, a vision that exists. Sometimes you just need to step back and actually define it or describe it as opposed to creating it or inventing it and and trying to, you know, it, it's real. It exists. It's a relationship. So just describe it and share it with the world and and be real about it and, and know that your brand or your personality isn't – it's like a building a personal relationship. It's not going to be a perfect fit for everybody. And that's okay. That's part of being real and authentic to yourself and to the company in which you work for. And I truly believe in my heart of hearts that's where a tremendous amount of kind of our recognition over the you know, last 15, 14, 15 months has come from. It wasn't a lot about what we are doing that's new. It's really that we just framed it up, defined it, and, and told our story and started to share it with the rest of the people. On it. And, it, and it really started to resonate. So. It just comes from being able to share an authentic and real story about who you are. You know, uh, you and I talked about it briefly, about self-reflection, right? So that's yep. really what it's all about. You know what? The last question I got for you goes back to Simon Sinek's book. It says it starts with why. So why do you, Radius, do what you do? Why do you do what you do there at Radius, and why does Radius do what they do? I think that's a great – I loved your comments on that. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, we do it for 
a lot of different reasons. But, you know, primarily, you know, our tagline is making mortgages better. We want to make mortgages better across the board, both internally and externally. Um, and and why we do what we do comes down to a lot of what I talked about before, touches, touching people both internally and externally, uh, and a lot of the philanthropic work that Keith and Sarah are now doing um, is really ultimately why we're in this business, and that is to touch and change lives. And so we're doing that each and every day, both internally and externally, and I'm, I'm proud to be a part of the team that's well, I think if people listen to this, they're going to get that sense because that's what really. If you meet Keith Pulaski and do anything about it, he is. Uh, he may be a little rough and gruff on the exterior, but man, there's a big heart that wants to change the world and impact lives, and he does it very well. And you do a great job. And the, the whole group comes together around that mission that he and Sarah have. So I want to just say thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your time, Dustin. I want to say thank you to Keith and Sarah for letting you join in on this. I'm sure they'll. If they haven't listened, they will be listening, go downloading and listening to this. But uh, thank them for you being able to get freed up to come and join us today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity, David. And please, if anyone or yourself have any questions or want to know a little bit more about some of our programs, we'd be more than happy to to share online or in person or over the phone at any time. So generally appreciate wow. the opportunity. If people do want to get a hold of you and ask you some questions, what's the best way to, for them to connect with you? So there's two ways. You can either call the office and just ask for me, uh, 781-742-6500, or they can email me. My first name is Dustin, last name Demerit, so it's D-D-E-M-E-R-I-T-T at RadiusGRP.com. Good. Thank you so much for being with us, and look forward to hopefully running into you and getting back into your offices one of these days. So greet everybody there. Great group of people. Appreciate you being here with us, friend, very, very much. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. Folks, we've had, again, Dustin DeMerit with Radius Financial talking about how to market yourself and your company. A lot of really interesting nuggets in there. Go back and listen to this podcast. You can do that by coming to this website any single time. We're going to have Alice on next week. We're going to have Gary Acosta on next week. We've got a lot to cover next week, and it's going to be a really jam-packed program, so make sure you do not miss next week's program. Look forward to having you back. Appreciate you telling others about the program. And we'll look forward to seeing you back here next week. Have a great week, everybody. This has been Lincoln on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lincoln of Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Today's guests were Joe Farr from MBS Line, Andy Shell of Mortgage Banking Solutions, and Alice Alvey, President CMB of Mortgage U. Come by next week and thank you for listening.